from Test Takers, this is the Hashtag Prep Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn more about standardized testing and college admissions so that you can help your students navigate this important time with accurate and insightful information. Hosted by Test Takers Director of Development, Andrew Nadiakara, and Director of Personnel, Jeremy Freed. So prepare to learn the secrets that will help your students gain clarity, reduce stress, and work smarter, not harder. This is the Hashtag Prep Podcast. Welcome back to another week and another episode of Hashtag Prep. My name is Nock, and on this episode of Hashtag Prep, we're going to be answering the question, what is a good SAT score? SAT scores are typically released about three weeks after a student sits down to take their test, and when they sign on to collegeboard.org the morning that the scores are released, they are staring at this score, at this number between 400 and 1600, and they're wondering, is this a good score? So to help me get some context on what it is to have a good SAT score, we have Jeremy here to help us out. So the element that we want to start off with, I think, is the understanding that there is no magic bullet uh, SAT score. When schools are evaluating students and applicants and figuring out how they want to comprise their incoming uh, student class, you know what they're looking at it is a big picture. Okay, you have uh, a few different uh, attributes to the application package there. Uh, high school uh, transcript, their extracurriculars, their volunteer opportunities, their leadership uh, positions, in addition to standardized testing. Though that may be different now that many students have had their last year and change of high school adversely affected by COVID, uh, it's still a larger package that uh, students are submitting and that school is using as part of their evaluation process. We've talked about uh, in the past uh, the question of You know, is the SAT still important? You know, so many schools are uh, going test optional. What does it even mean to have an SAT score? Well, uh, as we've said, uh, schools still really benefit from the insight that a standardized uh, test score uh, provides. But I think it's in line with the idea that there is no magic SAT score, uh, that some schools uh, obviously feel confident in making their determinations uh, without even having that score to go off of. It's ultimately what we like to call holistic review, that when you apply to a college, they're looking at not just your SAT scores, they're looking at your extracurriculars, they're looking at your GPA, which is ultimately the best indicator of how successful you'll be in college, but it is a comprehensive analysis of who you are as a student before you apply to the colleges. So as schools are you know, looking at students with a, a different package of information uh, than they've you know perhaps ever had before, uh, I think what's important to, to recognize is a few things. Number one, anybody who wants to go to college realistically can find a college that's going to be good for them. Uh, and I think often that college is maybe not the first thing that comes to mind. There are some you know big names in the uh, world of higher education. You know that you look and say, I, I want my student to go to this school, that school, the other school. You know, we will sometimes hear of students whose target school is a school that we're unfamiliar with. You know, just something that isn't a bigger name, maybe is a little further away off the beaten path in certain respects, but it's the right school for that individual student. So what we're always in pursuit of at Test Takers is helping students to reach their best possible score, which is not necessarily the same for everyone. Uh, sometimes parents come to us and they say, oh, well, what's, what's the average score of one of your students? And I'll immediately reply, that's largely relevant. Okay. Uh, we have students who come to us that uh, are scoring, you know, in 800s uh, and for whom 1,000 or 1,100 would, 
you know, represent a tremendous triumph. We have students who come to us with scores in the high 14s and 1500s who are trying to get every last bit out of, that they can out of themselves and as close to 1600 as humanly possible. And of course, for them, uh, an 1100 would represent profound disappointment. So the idea of, you know, an average score or what's a, a good score, that's not something that takes place in a vacuum. It's something that is reflective of an individual student uh, and the work that he or she or they is uh, able to produce. So let's talk about these scores on the national level. The average score on the SAT is about a 1060. Interestingly, over the past 40 years, the score has been roughly about 1,000, floating around 1,000, and that's because this is a standardized test. It's designed to be fair and about the same across different years, apparently across different generations. What's interesting is that the math scores have slightly increased over the years, and the English scores have actually decreased a little bit from year to year. Absolutely. You know, the, the point of a standardized test is to, you know, modulate scores across, you know, time and location. So it certainly makes a lot of sense that uh, scores would be in some capacity uh, similar to what they've been before. I think, you know, everything is prone to a little bit of grade inflation over the years. But again, I think more important than even a, an average score uh, and to understand that a 1060 is the national average is a good data point. But I also want uh, people to understand exactly how schools are often reporting this information and what that means. Uh, because if you look at uh, what schools will put out as far as you know, the scores that students need to apply and be admitted, uh, a lot of times this is given in a, a 25th to 75th percentile range where what you're looking at is basically like the middle half of the class and what their scores represent. So a few things about that. A lot of times people look at the high-end number and say, well, that's what I have to get to get in. Uh, and if you take something like uh, Princeton or uh, a Yale or Columbia, uh, the lower end of that range is about a 1450. The high end of that range, you know, high 1500s, 1570, 1580. Now, what that means on a few fronts is that first off, you know, the highest scoring quarter of that uh, incoming class is a 1570, you know, 1580 and up, uh, which is a very daunting score. I think it's, a, it's why I think a lot of students feel that they need that score to be competitive if they're applying to those schools. At the same time, however, what it also means is that a quarter of the class is scoring below uh, a 1450 and that, um, you know, an, an average score somewhere in the middle there around 1500, maybe a touch higher, 1510, but that half the class is below that score. So when, you know, students come to us, parents come to us, we need this score. You don't, you know, that, that's simply not what the numbers say. Uh, the numbers say that a lot of people who don't hit this magic score that you have your eyes on are going to get into that college. You know, while improving your score in some ways is certainly going to improve your odds. Again, the magic SAT score idea uh, is one that's, um, you know, really just not represented by the numbers that the students, uh, the schools, excuse me, put out uh, as far as what they're taking in. And even, you know, schools that I think that are, are tremendously well thought of, uh, Cornell, for instance, in their 2019 uh, incoming class, that 25 to 75th percentile uh, started at a 1390. Uh, so you're really looking at, I think, a lot more accessibility in terms of the numbers and to support what we were saying before, that it's a much bigger picture than just this one test and this one score. Important though it is, 
uh, it's not going to be you know the, the be-all end-all for you. So before we start our conversation on what the different score ranges can get you in regards to the schools, it's important to understand how admission rates have been affected by the coronavirus. Since many schools have gone test optional, you have many, many more students applying to the schools, which make them look more selective because they're still accepting the same number of students. So while it looks like admission rates have decreased, they're still accepting the same number of students. You just have more students applying because it is test optional. Yeah, and that uh, could be because uh, schools that have gone test optional, students may feel that they have a greater chance of getting into to certain places if they don't have uh, potentially a subpar score kind of holding them back. There are, though, also a number of students who decided against going away to college this past fall in, in 2020 because of corona uh, and uh, decided to uh, take gap years or to do other things because they didn't think that they wanted their collegiate experience to to start you know, with corona hanging over their heads. So for a number of reasons, you see a much larger applicant pool uh, and because Schools only have so many places to put their students. Uh, That is going to result in a declining acceptance rate. It's important to understand that school rankings aren't reflective of test scores and that certain programs within certain universities might require, say, a higher math score for, say, an engineering program, or they'll be looking more at your portfolio if you're applying for, say, an arts program. So it's important to understand not just the university that you're applying to, but also the program that you're applying to as well. So, Jeremy, let's do a breakdown of the schools that students could possibly get into using that low end, that 25th percentile for these college applications. So, if you're scoring around like a 1060, the national average to about an 1100, what schools can you get into? Well, you have a nice assortment of state schools. You got your Rutgers, University of New Mexico, UMass. Uh, University of North Dakota. So you have a, a good mix there. Maybe some uh, private schools as well, uh, Old Dominion, uh, that, that sort of institution. You have uh, a number of different options there, UNLV, Toledo, Wichita State. Yeah, some impressive colleges there. And then if you bring it up to the next level from a 1,200 to about 1,300, what does that get you? Well, in that 1,200, 1,300 range, you have your UCs, your Santa Barbara, San Diego, uh, Texas at Austin, you know, at the high end of that, you might see uh, uh, Villanova, you know, some of your more well-regarded uh, state schools, Ohio State, uh, University of Minnesota, University of Florida, University of Georgia. So, Jeremy, what if you're scoring around a 1,400? Well, that's going to, you know, really take care of a lot of good schools, okay? Your Boston College, your Wake Forest, uh, you know, those have been some some risers of late. Uh, those schools have their 25th percentile starting down in the 1300s, going up to 1400. Uh, but even, you know, some really well thought of schools. Cornell's 25th percentile is just a, a hair short of 1400. Notre Dame is right around uh, 1400. Georgetown uh, is just a hair short of 1400 uh, with their 25th uh, percentile. Uh, the same is true for Tufts. Uh, Georgia Tech, Northeastern, Tulane, the University of Michigan, uh, the University of Virginia. So you're looking at really a lot of great schools uh, where that um, you know, kind of uh, lower half of the uh, admissions pool uh, is going to be identifying with the score in that range. So, Jeremy, at that super high level, at that competitive level, uh, we're applying to those Ivy League schools like, uh, I don't know, Columbia, something that you went to. Do you need a 1600? 
Uh, I got into Columbia with a score in the 1400s at the time. Um, and, you know, that, that score might be, you know, tell a different story in, uh, 2021 than it did in 2001, but, the same is true, you know, that the way that these percentiles work and the information that they give us tell us that a significant portion of these admitted classes are possessing scores that aren't 1600s or aren't high 1500s even, that there's a range of things. And, and that means that the good score uh, or the great score, as long as it is representative of your full potential as a student, is going to be a you know, competitive score you know, for the colleges that you hope it will be. So considering all the statistics that we just went through, it's important to realize that you're not aiming for that low bar, that when you go to take your test, you want to put your best foot forward. That's why it's important to do a bunch of prep right before you take your test. Because if you can boost your score like 100 points, that does bump you into the next tier so you can start the discussion about other colleges in that next level. So it's important to do a bunch of prep right before you take your test. And even if you have a softer SAT score, don't worry. You can still strengthen your college application by working on your GPA. Try to get higher grades so that you can strengthen that portion of your application. You can work on your extracurriculars. You can volunteer, try to find some leadership roles within those extracurriculars. And focus on your college essay. That's a good representation of who you are to the college admissions counselors when you apply. So spend some time on your college essay. All right, to wrap up this week of Hashtag Prepped, let's leave everybody with our Hashtag Prepped Pro Tip. And that is actually some life advice that worked for me when I took my SATs and also when I was trying to lose a little bit of weight. And that while it is important to set goals in life, it is even more important to see how far you've come along. Many students have put in a lot of time, energy, blood, sweat, and tears to get these scores that they've worked hard for to earn. Nobody deserves a score. You earn the score that you get. So be proud of the work that you put in and recognize that while it's great to have goals, it's important to see how far you've come along. Sitting across from me is Jeremy Free. My name is Naka, and this is Hashtag Prepped. <laughs>